Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever it is when you are hearing this message. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer, and this is Covenant Truth Ministries, today's edition of Bible Bites. And we're reading through the scriptures this this year, and we're just taking little bites each day and um, bringing forth just Um, things that jump out at me I want to share with you that I believe might be from the Lord and helpful for you as well. So may God bless you, and I, I trust that this will be a blessing to you. My reading today is found in 1 Chronicles 28 and 29, and in 2 Chronicles chapter 1. So I'd like to make a few comments about those chapters. They are so rich, so I'm just going to try to pull out some highlights, um, Because there's so much in these chapters, it's beautiful. In chapter 28, David is giving a final address. David is just about to die and and, um, leave the scene and turn things over to Solomon in chapters 28 and 29. We see that happening. So David is giving a final address, and in the first few verses of this chapter, he speaks to the whole assembly. He gathers the whole nation, the leaders of all the nations, the elders, um, the divisions. Every he gathers, he gathers all the people together, and he delivers the charge to both of them. And I love how he says in verse two, he says this. Then King David rose to his feet and said, "Hear me, my brethren and my people." I had it in my heart to build a house of rest. Notice this, a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had made preparations to build it. That's how much God or David loved God's presence. David loved God. He had it in his heart to give God's home a permanent resting place, God's ark, a permanent resting place for the presence of God that was worthy of him. And so we had read about that before. And and of course, you know, God's response was, David, I'd rather be in the temple with you, you know, in the tabernacle, in that tent with you because you're after my heart. But de- but God did say, I'll honor your request and your son Solomon will build a temple. So this was in the heart of David. And this is what that tabernacle of David represents. In, in a shadow, it represents the fact that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. And God wants to make his permanent resting place in us, in our hearts. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing. Then we see in verse 9 through 10, David gives the charge to Solomon. And I'd like to read those verses. As for you, my son Solomon... Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. So David's just giving him a charge, and, you know, this is something that we can be passing on to our children and grandchildren. Serve the Lord. Serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For know that God searches even to the intents of our heart. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that, that the word of God will do that. Let us train our children to know that if they seek him with their whole heart, he will be found by them, but that they also need to honor his word and obey his word. And they need to do what God has called them to do. And we do too. We need to to be strong and do it and not delay. Hallelujah. So 
God is giving the charge to Solomon through David, his father. And then after that, David shows Solomon all the blueprint, the plans that God has given him. And notice that God gave these to him by the Spirit of God, just like he did Moses on Mount Sinai for the tabernacle that Moses was to build. It's a beautiful thing. Both of them heard directly from the Lord and had the very pattern laid out for everything that they were supposed to do. And it says later in verse 19 that David wrote it out by the inspiration of God's Spirit, just like a, a scribe or a transcriber would do. And beloved, as a writer myself, I want that to be able to be in me and in any of you that might be called to write or to do something for the Lord. Let the Spirit of God inspire you and make you to understand his calling and then you write it out and you go according to the pattern that he's established and given you. Hallelujah. He will do the same today. Later, David goes back and he encourages uh, them to do the work. And notice, I want to point out one thing. In verse 20, <clears throat> David says this, And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. David is saying, don't be, don't be fearful or dismayed. Get out there and do the work. Be strong and of good courage. Same thing that God sent the word to, to Joshua earlier. But I love how David interjects this and he says, For the Lord God, my God, will be with you. David knew God intimately and personally. He had that close relationship with God. And so he was able to say, He's my God. And I, I hope and pray that you today can also join with David in saying, He's not just the Lord God. He's my God. He's got a relationship with me. We're close. We're intimate. We're in fellowship together. And he is my God. Hallelujah. Then in chapter 29, it's, it's neat. This really hit me today also because it says in the last part of verse 1, it says the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. <coughs> Excuse me, it would be mindful and great for us to remember that our work that God has called us to do is not for man. We're not seeking man's approval. It's not even designed, <coughs> excuse me, to please man, but it is for God. It is because God has called us and we need to keep our focus on Him. Notice also how David goes on and he talks about how he devoted himself with all his might to this work, meaning that he did it wholeheartedly, intentionally, and laboriously. He knew his time would soon be over and he had to do what he was going to do for the Lord and do it quickly and put his heart and his mind and his might into it. And we, we should do the same. Then in verse 3 through 5, <clears throat> he lays out for them where his intentions are and where his affections are. 
because he says here that in one of those verses, he talks about how he also not only has prepared from things that were devoted to the Lord, but he has given of his own treasures. He, he gives of his own resources. God has given us time, talents, and treasures. Those are the three things that every one of us have in some form or fashion. Some may have more treasures than others. I don't know, you know, how God divine de decides, decides that and he distributes it according to his own will and his plan. But all of us have some degree of time, talents, and treasures. And David is saying here, he gave of his own. He gave it, he gave it all. In other words, he didn't just ask people to contribute, but he also contributed and brought forth the, th the work, the things that would be needed for the work to be done. And then he finishes that section in verse 5 with, Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So in other words, he says, I'm doing it myself. Now, how many of you will join with me? How many of you are willing to consecrate yourself to the Lord? May we be able to answer that <clears throat> the way they did. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it says that they offered willingly and they gave. Then when they did that, they were cheerful givers. The New Testament talks about being a cheerful giver. And it says in verse 9, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Beloved, God loves a cheerful giver, and there's great joy in doing what God has called us to do <clears throat> when it is for us when it is for us that, that God puts it in our hearts to do that. Hallelujah. David was a role model there, and then the people joined into the work as well. Then next, David gives them a great blessing, a prayer of blessing. And I would encourage you, you can do this too. I took this as my own this morning, and I just read that as my own prayer and lifted it up before the Lord <clears throat> because God wants us to to um, understand his word and apply it to our lives as well. So I encourage you to make this your own prayer. Notice in this prayer a couple of things. First of all, in verse 14, that David recognizes, he says here, for all things come from you and of your own we have given you. And then he goes on earlier <clears throat> and he says in verse 16, in the latter part of that, he says that, um, the, that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name and everything we've done is from your hand and is all your own. In other words, David is saying here, we're giving you back the, that that you've deposited in us. In other words, David is recognizing that the time, talents, and treasures that they've been given by God in order for, for them to be used in the service of the Lord. David is saying that, you know, none of it's ours. We can't take any of the glory. We can't take any of the credit. Everything that we have to even offer you has been deposited and given to us by you. So it's of your own that we give back to you. So he's not receiving any of the credit or any of the glory there. He acknowledges that they are all gifts to him from God and that he alone receives and deserves the glory. He speaks of the integrity of his own heart, and that being the core of his offering, and that being the core of his heart's desire, and I pray that it would be with us as well. He also prays in verse 18 in that prayer that we would not lose, forget, or get slack about God's great work. 
In other words, David wants these to be established in us, these permanent offerings, these permanent devotions, these permanent affections. Not only because we need to start well, but we also need to finish well. We need to finish strong. And beloved, I also encourage you, and this being Mother's Day weekend, let me take this opportunity to wish any of you who are mothers, I want to wish you um, a very happy and blessed Mother's Day weekend. And I encourage you to possibly consider in chapter 29, verse 19, and give, David prays this, welcome as you join in, David prays this, and give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes, to do all these things and to build the temple for which I've made provision. Beloved, the temple of God today is in our hearts. That's what the New Testament tells us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, Paul tells us. So it's a good thing to pray over our children that, that they too will have a loyal heart to obey the Lord and to serve him, to do what he's called them to do, and to also build God's temple in the sense of, of enjoying a beautiful, sweet, and intimate relationship with the Lord and honoring him as part of their own temple, their own, inside of them, in their very heart, in their very being. And so I just encourage you to pray that that prayer also over your children. Hallelujah. Then they, the next thing they do after they lift, they lift this prayer up is they then thank God for it. They worship him and thank him for the answers that will yet come, even before they've seen them. That's beautiful to me. I love that. We see also the transition here where David dies off, Solomon is established, and Solomon begins to reign. And he becomes a type of Jesus Christ the one who is to yet come back the second time and establish his majestic kingdom here on the earth with us. Hallelujah. And so that's what we see in the ending of of First Chronicles. Then we turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 1, and that concludes our reading for the day. And we see here that the remnant of Moses' tabernacle had been established in Gibeon, and David or Solomon goes up there and he leads some of the people there and they worship the Lord there and they offer the burnt offerings and, and all of that. But notice that the Ark of the Covenant is where that was in Jerusalem. David had moved it there when he established that tabernacle of David. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and we see also David pray I mean Solomon, excuse me, we are we are now in Solomon's reign. Solomon now also praying for wisdom. He asks for wisdom. He says, God, I don't, I'm young. I'm inexperienced. I don't know how to do this great deed. You know, you've got people everywhere. They're as, as vast as the dust on the earth. And I need your wisdom to be able to do this great work. And beloved, the New Testament also talks about us praying and asking for wisdom. Anyone who needs wisdom or lacks it, that God will give it to us. So we can, we can receive the wisdom of God for whatever the call of God is for our lives as well. And so, beloved, I just hope that some of these thoughts from these chapters has been a blessing to you, has spoken to your heart, and, um, and been something that you can receive from the Lord and that he will minister to you. May God bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you, and may he give you his peace. So, beloved, I just pray that over you today, and I hope you can join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. God bless you.